1: everything's coming up roses. I want that group date rose. (laughs) And all you bitches knocking
0: you over dead.
1: And the twins are back in town.
0: We're in Miami, Miami, Miami. baby!
1: Let's do it, Stace. I'm Jared Hall from Entertainment Weekly, and here's what to watch on Monday, January 10th. We are counting down today's top three must-see picks from TV and movies. But first, your entertainment headlines. Bob Saget, comedian, patriarch of Full House's Tanner family and former host of America's Funniest Home Videos, was found dead Sunday in his Orlando, Florida hotel he was 65. The comedian was there during a stand-up comedy tour when security from the Ritz-Carlton, where he was staying, found him unresponsive in his room. The sheriff's department and fire department responded to the hotel's call, and Saget was pronounced dead at the scene. Orange County, Florida police confirmed the news on social media, adding that detectives found no signs of foul play or drugs at the scene. Saget was best known for his role as Danny Tanner, the even-keeled dad on Full House from 1987 to 1990 as well as the Netflix reboot Fuller House and his hosting stint on America's Funniest Home Videos from 1989 to 1997. He also served as narrator on the CBS comedy How I Met Your Mother. Though he found success with wholesome family fare, Saget was also famous for his raunchy stand-up act. Head on over to EW.com for more on Saget's life and career, as well as reactions from his co-stars and the rest of Hollywood. In other news, Spider-Man No Way Home dominated the box office for the fourth weekend in a row, earning another $33 million and taking its domestic gross total to $668 million and $1.53 billion across the international market. That makes it the eighth highest grossing movie worldwide ever. Last weekend's second-place title Sing2 retained its box office spot, making almost $12 million for the weekend and taking its gross total total to $109 million. The new spy thriller The 355, starring Jessica Chastain, Lupita Nyong'o, Penelope Cruz, Fan Bingbing, and Diane Kruger, debuted in third place with a modest $4.8 million. Last week's third-place title, The King's Man, moved down to number four, followed by sports drama American Underdog. Set your calendar alerts because The Boys will officially be back in town this summer, premiering June 3rd on Amazon Prime Video. The ensemble drama, starring among many Jack Quaid and Carl Urban, will return on a weekly rollout schedule. Similar to what Amazon did with Season 2, the eight-episode third season will drop the first three episodes June 3rd, followed by one new episode a week until the season finale streams July 8th. Pixar's Turning Red is turning away from movie theaters. The animated film will be released exclusively on Disney Plus in March, becoming the third straight Pixar movie to forego a theatrical release amid the COVID-19 pandemic. Like its predecessors, Soul in 2020 and Luca in 2021, Turning Red will be available to Disney Plus subscribers at no extra charge. And before we turn to our top picks of the day, We pause here at What to Watch to remember Oscar winner Sidney Poitier, who died Friday in Los Angeles and was 94 years old. The actor's groundbreaking movie roles in the 1950s and 60s opened doors for generations of black performers and brought him a history-making Best Actor Academy Award for Lilies of the Field. EW's Leah Greenblatt joins me now to look back on his life and movies. Hi Leah, how are you? Hello. Hi, so glad to have you here. I wish it was under different circumstances. But nonetheless, Sidney Poitier is someone uh, we definitely have to celebrate his incredible career and his contributions, not just to Hollywood, but to the world at large, because he was very much an activist. But I guess that kind of leads me to my first question to you. What what do you think Mr. Poitier's legacy will be?
0: I mean, honestly, he'll just always be known as the first black man to win an Oscar. I think that is the history books can't change that, you know, yeah. which is pretty amazing, but his career was so much more than, than that Oscar. And I, I mean, he was along, I think with Harry Belafonte, like the first true black movie star who yeah. who really crossed over. And, and aside from, you know, when you think of these films, mostly from, you know, the, the late fifties through the sixties into the early seventies, he had a, he had a directing career that went well through the eighties and he was in yeah. movies, you know, into gosh, the, the early mid 2000s. I mean, this he was 94 years old, and he had an incredible life. And uh-huh. you know, I love the fact that you know he grew. You know, he grew up in the Bahamas. If you've read these obituaries that have been out, <laughs> you know, he had never tasted ice cream. He had never seen a mirror. He had, I think, you know, a telephone, a television, all these things when he moved to Miami as a young boy. I think he was 12, maybe somewhere between, Mm. he was pretty young, but anyway, so he had to completely train himself out of this heavy Caribbean accent that he had. And we've seen him in films, win awards for films where he sounds, he has this gorgeously crisp British accent and he has, he's done regional American accents. He just, he was this phenomenal person and and he's coming in at a time in the industry where you had to walk this incredibly fine line as a black man to be non-threatening, to be accessible, you know, and he was never allowed for years and years to really play a romantic lead because yeah. that was considered right. too scandalous and mm-hmm. just an elegant, elegant man and actor.
1: Indeed. Yeah, for sure. And what's been so interesting, too, uh, on Friday, reading other celebrity tributes to him and, and what was so interesting to me was seeing um, the broad range of titles that people mention, you know, like where I... First fell in love with him, or the first time I saw him, and, and and you were really reminded of how many great movies he was in, from you know, To Sir with Love, or In the Heat of the Night, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, um, Lilies of the Field, which is is really truly remarkable. And and I, you know, I have to ask you, do you have a favorite of the bunch?
0: Well, to be completely honest, I'm pretty sure the first Sidney Poitier thing I ever saw was the Bill Cosby movie Ghost Dad because he directed oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> but also, I mean, I, I think I have to kind of say, guess who's coming to dinner? Which yeah, so is iconic. This, this, yes, this, this great movie where he plays the black fiance of a young woman whose parents have no idea that he is, quote unquote, a Negro. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have a great Catherine Hepburn performance, but he it's I don't know. It's just, it's humorous, but it's topical and political and sort of universal. And that and probably to stir with love, mm-hmm. which allows him also to be, allows him to get angry, that movie.
1: Yes. You know,
0: but yeah, I mean, if you had, a, if you had a Poitiers festival, I think you could fill oh a pretty long weekend.
1: That is a fantastic idea by the way yeah that is that is so true watch tcm is going to take your idea and rightfully so it would be a very fitting place you know we have lots of those tributes uh as well as a a look back at his life in in photos uh a very beautiful appreciation of his life by the great mark harris all of that plus more on all of these stories we've brought to you today plus other news reviews interviews and more that's all at ew.com leah i greatly appreciate it thanks for joining me
0: thank you number three.
1: all right today's number three pick takes us into the underworld of illicit trade with the late michael k williams It's the season premiere of Vice's Black Market, one of Williams' final projects before he tragically died at age 54 last September. This docuseries explores various criminal networks and illegal markets and the people operating within them. Williams will examine how these shadow economies have evolved since his journeys in the show's first season, looking at the conditions that cause black markets to arise and the cultural climates that cause them to persist. Tonight's premiere looks at the new era of credit card scamming, as Williams meets with a crew of young hustlers working a lucrative unemployment fraud scam in Miami, involving credit cards printed with stolen information, known as pieces. Here is an exclusive clip from the episode.
0: What do they call these pieces, huh? You know that? I ain't even gonna lie to you. You know, I'm past coke money. I'm in the hood. I can't really basically break it down to you step by step to let you know exactly what I do, you know? Mm-hmm. You can't spill the sauce. I mean, that's just G code. I got you. So, how are you eating, man? Listen, man, um, basically what I'm doing is taking somewhere that I'm not from, you know? Mm-hmm. Using people's info. So, you get people's information of the dark web, and then you make these pieces. That's it. It's like an application. You know how to get a job, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Is this PPP or SBA? No. Me and my crew don't do none of that.
1: Well, that is just one of the underground markets explored this season, which also looks at New York's secret world of boosting and flipping, black market body modifications, and much more. Through Williams' raw and sincere approach to those he encounters, he crafts an empathetic portrait of people looking to thrive in a system that has failed them. The second season of Black Market with Michael K. Williams gets underway tonight at 10 on Vice TV. Our next pick is bringing Double the Trouble... At number two, it's TLC's Darcy and Stacy. In this 90-day fiancé spinoff, twins Darcy and Stacy give a glimpse into their life of luxury and reality TV stardom. Season three has the twins jetting off to Miami to promote their clothing line during Miami Swim Week, where they have a huge fashion show to pull it off. And Darcy gets a call from her former fiancé Georgie, who previously lied to her about being legally married to his ex-wife. He asked for Darcy to meet him in New York City, and against the best wishes of her sister, Darcy obliges. Will she finally be able to break the bad patterns of her previous relationships, or will it be Heartbreak City for everyone involved? Here's a preview.
0: Georgie, he's been texting me. And he wants me to meet him in New York.
1: You're not going to go, are you?
0: I've had a lot of toxic relationships, and they've always ended on a really bad note. But this time, I just want to be able to break the bad patterns. I'm nervous about meeting Georgie. I don't know what I'm about to walk into.
1: (sighs) Oh my. Well, follow along on the twins' journey to find love when the new season of Darcy and Stacy premieres tonight at 8 on TLC. It's trivia time. Hilary Duff is one of two special guests on this week's episode of The Bachelor. More on that in a bit. But first, a trivia question about Duff's classic show, Lizzie McGuire. The creators unexpectedly drew inspiration for the Disney Channel sitcom from what acclaimed German movie? Aguirre, The Wrath of God, Wings of Desire, or Run, Lowell, Run. This might be a bit of a tricky one. Stick around for the answer to that and today's number one pick. What to watch? We'll be right back. Hey, everyone. I'm Sid Evans, editor-in-chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits & Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, Welcome back to EW's What to Watch. This week in entertainment history, The first Batman TV series starring Adam West as the Caped Crusader and Burt Ward as Robin premiered on ABC 56 years ago this week on January 12, 1966. Following the two heroes as they defend Gotham City from various villains, including Cesar Romero as the Joker, Batman was a massive success at the time, running for three seasons and spawning a feature film that was released between the first two. Over the subsequent decades, the series has been both praised and criticized, often for the same reasons, including the show's campy style, West's performance as Batman, and the absurd comic book style elements. Pow, crash, zoom. EW's own Darren Franich recently wrote an essay defending the 1966 movie, calling it, quote, the only Batman film for a toddler and the best one for a 30-year-old bored after decades of grimacing. You can check out that full article at EW.com. And now, we've got a date with our number one pick, The Bachelor. This week sees Clayton move forward with the remaining 22 women, kicking off a week of dates with help from two special guests. First, Hilary Duff joins the season's first group date to enlist the women's help, throwing a Beverly Hills birthday party. And later, comedian Z-Way stops by the second group date to help Clayton spot potential red flags among his suitors. And, as you might guess... There are a few. Here's a clip from the episode. Take a seat. Take a seat. When we open up the door, I see Z-Way. She's this really popular comedian. We am I allowed to sit here? Absolutely. <laughs> Elizabeth, of course, sits there next to Clayton. I mean, it's kind of pathetic.
0: Is she trying to get his attention? 100% I would too, but I also don't need to force it today. We're going to play a little psychological thriller. I call Never have I ever
1: <laughs>
0: Okay, never have I ever cheated on my boyfriend Does high school count? I feel like high school, school counts count. okay. Cheating I mean, I think that is hundred percent. I would tell that to their face. I think it's a red flag. Is that a red flag to you?
1: Alright, well, we'll let you decide on that one. Also this week, one lucky lady flies high with Clayton on the first one-on-one date featuring a surprise musical performance by Amanda Jordan. But after the dates have concluded, major drama starts brewing when a shocking secret is revealed about a woman who already has a rose. Will Clayton be forced to go where no bachelor has gone before and take back a rose and Is that even allowed? Well, time will tell. The Bachelor begins tonight at 8 p.m. on ABC. Trivia! And finally, today, the answer to our trivia question. The creators of Lizzie McGuire unexpectedly drew inspiration from what acclaimed German movie? Aguirre, The Wrath of God, Wings of Desire, or Run, Lola, Run? Hopefully you didn't run away from this question. The answer is run, Lola, run. Lizzie McGuire EP Stan Rogal explained to Vice last year, quote, It's a piece of odd experimental filmmaking, but it opened up a style that led to Lizzie McGuire, which had a very aggressive cutting and random digital stills thrown in wherever we wanted. Just goes to show you never know where inspiration will come from. this episode of What to Watch was written by Tyler Aquilina and Callie Shepp, edited and produced by Joshua Heller, hosted and produced by Jared Hall, and executive produced by Shana Naomi Krokmall.